Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assembledancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hey guys, it's Claire O'Shea here, and welcome back to another episode of the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. In today's podcast episode, I'm coming to you in a solo episode. We've had quite a few amazing interviews over the last few weeks and few months. And in today's solo episode, I'm coming to you all about what I'm doing and how I'm preparing for my maternity leave. So in case you didn't know, um, I don't even remember if I've brought it up in a podcast episode, to be honest. I am pregnant and by pregnant, I am very pregnant. I'm 39 weeks and one or two days or something when I'm recording this. So I really could have a little baby at any time. But, uh, and by the time you might hear this, I might already have had a little baby. So I'll be sure to announce it when I have it. But for this stage, I'm still pregnant. Um, I'm currently recording this episode, sitting on my couch with my dogs, with my legs up. Uh, So it's pretty chill at the moment, but I'm sure things are about to change. Um, So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about what I'm doing to prepare for my paternity leave. Now, before you, you know, check out if you're not um, pregnant or going on maternity leave or planning to have a baby or just have no interest in ever taking a break, that's totally fine. If you aren't going on mat leave or don't plan to, uh, the same info in this episode really could be applied to, you know, a short or extended holiday. It could be applied to how to prepare for a, you know, family emergency or even a wedding, or even if you were to injure yourself and need to take some time off. So, you know, the same concept could be applied to any of those situations. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone was, you know, aware that it can be applied in different situations as well. Now, in Australia, we are really lucky that we have paid maternity leave. So I'm not sure where you're listening from in the world, but depending on where you are, you may or may not have paid maternity leave. So our government um, pays us essentially for 18 weeks paid maternity leave at minimum wage. So it's, you know, it's not excessive but it's amazing and I'm very grateful for it and uh, with how our government works it's actually done through the business um, to encourage business owners and people to return to work after the mat leave so I am getting a paid maternity leave through the government uh, and my at during that time the business won't be paying me a wage because that's the deal if you're uh, getting the paid maternity leave, you can't be earning money from the business as well. So that's how I'm taking maternity leave. And if you're listening from a different country, it might be a different situation for you. And so um, again, this is applying to myself personally, but I'm not really talking about the sort of how I'm getting paid, but just so you're aware, that's sort of how it works for me. Um, but 
I'm going to be touching on kind of the current structure of my management team, as well as, you know, the top five things I've done to be able to step step back and take this time off. So um, I plan to take that 18 weeks, you know, um, as part of that um, through the government, we were allowed check-in days and, you know, unpaid check-ins and I'll be doing all of that obviously. But in general, I plan to be, you know, pretty much letting the business run itself in relation to my management team and my teachers taking control over the next 18 weeks or so. So why I prompt this episode was sort of prompted to actually even do it was I've seen a lot of posts in Facebook groups from people who are, you know, unsure what to do, you know, might have last minute staff changes and are generally stressed about the concept of leaving their business for an extended period of time. And I get it's not always possible. Like I said, I'm very in a blessed you know, position in the country that I live and, you know, I have an amazing team and I get it's not always possible. And I'm definitely not claiming to have all the information or to be completely checking out, you know, for the next four months. Um, but I guess I am pretty happy with the way I've got it set up uh, at the moment. And due to a few extenuating circumstances over the last month, I've actually even started my maternity leave a little early. So I hadn't planned to take such a step back, but we've had a few things going on in our family, which, um, you know, have added some extra stress and, you know, circumstances that we had to deal with. And so I even started a little early. So it's been a really good insight for me to see how the business continues to run and grow without me being there. Um, and very interesting to see the the little I actually have to do, even though before that I was still doing a lot of day-to-day, um, well, not even day-to-day, but I was day-to-day doing things. So uh, yes, in today's episode, I'm going to touch on what I've done in my dance studio to prep and also what to expect for the Assemblée Dance Studio Coaching podcast and business over the next few months. Um, but before we jump into episode, I just want to have like a little disclaimer that this is my first pregnancy and mat leave. So I could again be looking through this at with completely rose colored glasses and then probably parents out there that are like rolling their eyes and that's totally fine. Um, but I wanted to give you the info I have at this point. And then I was thinking about maybe doing like a review episode during the middle of my mat leave. And then at the end to see what I would do differently next time. So I hope that this is helpful for you. And again, if you aren't pregnant or taking maternity leave, I really think that this info could be applied in the ways I mentioned at the start for like a wedding or a holiday or sick leave or family leave. Um, So there's a lot of different ways that you could listen to this information. Or again, if you're even wanting to, you know, take a step back from running your dance studio and you're wanting to start another business, or if you're moving away, there's lots of different ways that this could be used. So Without further ado, that was a long intro. Let's jump into the show. Awesome. So in today's episode, I'm going to go over the top five things I have done to be able to step back and take this time off at the moment. And again, this is in preparation. I'm not, I will, I have started my mat leave, so I'm not really at the studio at the moment, but you know, I understand the next four months are a long time. So the first thing I did was I invested time and money into training my team. So this is broken down into a couple of little points. So basically, if you don't know about my studio, I started it when I was 19, so almost 10 years ago now. And I've always known I wanted to have kids uh, and ultimately would like time away from my business. But I also know that I have diverse interests and have really been keen to expand the studio in different areas. 
So with that in mind, I knew that I wouldn't necessarily always want to be, you know, the head honcho or running the day to day or teaching six days a week. That was, you know, something that I always knew I wanted to diversify. So it's been a win-win at the moment, really. So as part of that, I also promoted talented teachers and team members into management roles in my studio. So for example, a teacher uh, at my studio who has always shown initiative and drive is now my studio manager. And my office manager has always been incredible, but I've also been working with her on being like more comfortable and confident, making decisions without checking with me just because, you know, it's, it's easy sometimes just to rely on following something up with someone, which is, again, is totally fine. But while I'm not there, I don't want to be, you know, assisting with every little decision, big decisions. I'm always open um, and available, but in general, she's more than capable of deciding. And then other than that, my amazing hip hop teacher who has a real talent for social media and content creation and is probably editing this and having a giggle has also come on board to help with socials for my coaching business and podcast editing, which has been fantastic. So again, I look at the pool of people that I have around me and I see what their talents and their interests um, are. And I have put a lot of time and energy and money essentially into training those people to be able to expand in the roles that they have. So that was point number one. Point number two is systemizing your processes. So my first point would be to pick a program that you like, either like Trello or ClickUp, which is my new fave. I always use Trello and I still really think it's a great tool, but I think ClickUp has a lot more uh, abilities Um, or there's other ones like Monday.com or Asana. And I want you and, you know, I just started documenting what I did and how I did it. And I started doing that really like early on. So, you know, it's not something that I was like, oh gosh, I'm going on maternity leave next month. I'm going to process and systemize my entire business. Like that's just, it's just, it's too annoying. So I've done this over years and it does take time and it's, I find it's easier to do it on the go rather than think um, back about how you do something. So I don't have a very good memory. So there's no way I'd be able to like think back and put every step by step of every sequence so that's why I always recommend to you know friends and clients and to you guys listening that when you are starting this process of systemizing you do it on the go so you know it might be a little bit rough to start off with but then when you need that process again you can refine it and save it and then you have it there for the next time. I am quickly interrupting this amazing episode of the podcast to let you know about today's sponsor, which is me and an awesome free download for you. Do you want to grab a free copy of my dance studio marketing ebook? Sign up for a free copy of the ebook, 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio at assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. All of those details will also be in our show notes. So if you're driving or you're working and you don't want to take a break, not to worry, you can find that in our show notes. But just in case you missed it, it's at assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. So let's jump straight back into the episode. So again, the whole concept of systemizing and processing your business is 
and can be overwhelming. And I really do break this down in my upcoming group coaching course. There's more info about that coming soon. But at least these tips can help you get started and really allow you to feel confident letting someone else follow the processes. So that's the whole point of it is as well that, you know, you want to have these ready to go. So when you uh, need to bring someone on, if you've grown so much, you're getting so busy that you can't keep up the demand anymore, that you have this there ready to go versus you know knowing you need to hire an admin assistant or a social media person and have no you know systems or processes or like sequences written down for how you do things so training someone else to do things then seems like way more of a big deal when you have to spend the time explaining every little step versus being able to give them a step-by-step guide point number three is trusting in your team so I know this is not always easy, and but my sort of main point about this, if you've spent the time and effort training them, that you should have so much confidence in your own abilities as a teacher and, you know, but, you know, being able to teach them how you run your business and as a result, then you should have confidence in your team. So being comfortable with delegation, again, is really hard to start off with, but it does get easier over time. And I can assure you that the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more you probably will enjoy giving off tasks to other people. But and I know that it can be hard to find the right people, but if you, you know, go about it the right way, you know, you've hired people that you trust, you've trained them, you've, you know, sort of spent time training them in your business, I wouldn't necessarily recommend hiring someone brand new. Um, but sometimes, again, that's not always, uh, you know, that's just, you know, what happens and you have to roll with that. But if you can trust in your team, it'll make you feel so much more confident while you're taking a step away and while um, I am taking a step away. Point number four is of things I plan to do is schedule catch up. So again, we use a lot of different technology to stay in touch. Um, you know, our probably our biggest one is Slack, which is like a Order, like a, a messaging system, a business messaging system. So kind of like like instant messenger, but for business um, and in this, you know, decade. Uh, and, but, you know, they pop up all, and they can pop up all hours of the day, but you can also set uh, parameters around when you want to get notifications and stuff, which is great. And, but we also, you know, sometimes we might text each other or send an email, you know, so there's lots of different ways we can get in touch. So, Rather than receiving lots of little messages throughout the week that pull you out of what you're doing or what you know what you're doing at the minute, uh, scheduling a weekly meeting or a time where you're checking in. So this could be a FaceTime, a Zoom, a phone call, or you know you could be there in person, and you know ask your team maybe to keep a document or a note of all the questions they have for for you, and then go through them together at the meetings. Now, obviously, sometimes they are waiting on something to be able to move forward. So there's, you know, not, that's not always possible, but you know, if it's not urgent to write it down and save it. And again, having a procedure for emergencies. So if there is an emergency in the business and, you know, obviously there's different, um, you know, definitions of emergencies and maybe that's something to clarify as well, but you know, whether it be with a parent issue or a banking issue or um, whether there's something gone wrong at the building. So, really kind of, I guess, outlining what you deem an emergency to be and, you know, when they should call you, particularly, you know, at the start of your maternity leave, like, you know, you're still in hospital or whatever you're doing. If you're on a holiday, you know, you might actually not be contactable. So having a procedure 
uh, for emergencies is really important. So who do they call? So, you know, if they can't get onto you, is there someone else they can call? Uh, and what should they do first? So obviously, you know, if there's a physical emergency, they have to kind of act upon that at the time. Um, but if there is more, you know, not, I guess it's not an emergency if you have a cranky parent, but, you know, it's something that I guess is is urgent in its response, if that makes sense. So have a procedure for who to go to first and then, you know, a backup person. And then, you know, you could also write a couple of notes of scenarios that you know have happened before and what you would recommend them do. So my final tip before I go over a couple of other little things is about allocating roles and their ability to make decisions. So like I mentioned before, I have complete faith in my team and their ability to make decisions, but I understand it can be confronting for them also sometimes if, you know, they're getting used to kind of flexing that muscle. Like, you know, in the past, I sort of paid all the invoices and bills, but you know, now I'm getting my office manager to pay some more but you know sometimes she wants to check in to make sure it's okay and you know that's completely understandable but then you know sometimes I'm like yep yep like I've already said yep to that one so you know she can go ahead and do that like ordering ink online or you know placing an order through Woolworths there's different things and kind of you know maximum amounts of money I'm happy for my team to spend without kind of checking with me first so Some other things to do with this is like each management role should be aware of the situations they are able to deal with and also tasks and jobs they don't require your permission with. So like I mentioned above, you know, this could be monetary value. It could be um, something to do with cancelling classes if there's, well, a COVID outbreak or if there is, you know, a, a power outage or if, you know, sometimes in well, where I live, we have like really bad storms in summer. And so sometimes the warnings are that bad that we've had to cancel, you know, a handful of times um, to not run the risk of people being hurt, you know, during getting to and from classes. Um, so stuff like that, making sure each person knows what, you know, sort of what they can and what level they can decide and make decisions with. Um, again, as I mentioned before, that might be a set amount of money they can spend without checking. So, you know, it's fine for them to go get supplies from the grocery store for $100, but, you know, you, you might want to be consulted if they're looking at doing like a course for $1,000. So set those boundaries before you go away and, you know, start working on them before you go away so that everyone feels comfortable you know, making those choices whilst you're away and also inform your other teachers of who to refer to and turn to if they have any issues and practices in advance. So for instance, in the past, my teachers have always messaged me when they've been unwell or not able to come to work and that's been fine because that was sort of my responsibility but now I have a studio manager who organizes their relief roles but some of them were just in the habit of messaging me and continue to do so so before I left on my maternity leave I just every time they'd contact me I would say you know thanks for letting me know I'm just going to pass this message on to um, my studio manager you know her name um and she'll get back to you, you know, if there's any issues. So just kind of setting them and reminding them like what, where the, you know, what, what, what the best person to contact is. And then again, when I am stepping away, my student manager will send a reminder message and she'll be the one who's spending most time contacting them. So it'll just be more of a natural flow. So 
those are my top five tips again for what I'm going to do to prepare for my maternity leave, but essentially what you could do as well if you're planning to have or start a family or go on a maternity leave again, or, you know, again, if you're not having kids, totally fine. And you might want to be taking a holiday or, you know, extended uh, an extended time away, or if you were to hurt yourself or have a family emergency. So, it can be really applied to any situation. Um, but so you know sort of what I'm doing in my coaching business as well. So uh, how that's different for an online business. So I finished up with my one-on-one clients a little while ago uh, and I really like to be available a lot for my private coaching. So I haven't taken on any new clients as a result, but I'll open this back up when I'm back in the swing of things. So I finished that up so I didn't feel like I had to check in as much. Um, but in the Meantime, I've been working on the behind the scenes of my soon to be released group coaching program, which is going to be released later this year, probably in August or September. Uh, and again, working on the preparation elements now as to not disrupt my clients in the future. Uh, I've also been recording heaps of podcast interviews and doing batch recordings of the podcast so there's as little disruption as possible. Uh, and Mariah, my wonderful social media manager, is scheduling and posting whilst I'm taking a bit of time off. So, you know. We've worked together to decide what type of content we like and, you know, when it goes out and um, how it goes out and Mariah uh, creates that for me and I sort of check it off and make notes or create the copy myself or, you know, she might create an outline and I uh, tweak it or change it or things are copied directly from our podcast notes. Um, But Mariah also has all of the info for the social channel so that she can post uh, when the time comes. So again, that's a little bit of what I'm planning to do for my maternity leave. Again, this may change or if I look back in retrospect, I might be like, ha ha, how amusing. Um, So I hopefully to do a like in retrospect episode in the future, maybe, I don't know, at eight or 12 week mark and maybe like after a year or something, I'm not sure. So if you found this episode interesting or you yourself are going on maternity leave and have found the tips helpful or planning to take a trip away, be sure to reach out to me on Instagram or shoot me an email at hello at assembledancestudiocoaching.com. I'd love to check in with you and I look forward to speaking to you guys really soon. Bye for now. I'm quickly interrupting this amazing episode of the podcast to let you know about today's sponsor, which is me and an awesome free download for you. Do you want to grab a free copy of my dance studio marketing ebook? Sign up for a free copy of the ebook, 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio at assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. All of those details will also be in our show notes. So if you're driving or you're working and you don't want to take a break, not to worry, you can find that in our show notes. But just in case you missed it, it's at assemblydancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.